There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! Dave, Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Hi, right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. It is a fantastic Monday, and I hope you spend it this Saturday at the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, to watch LSU beat Ole Miss and destroy dreams. They have 136 draft beers. They have giant TVs to see all the delicious tears of the Ole Miss Rebel faithful. Uh, they have duck braised nachos, great burgers, side orders you, you can't get anywhere else. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. They support us, so you should support them. Woohoo! Saints are three and four. Technically, like a half game out of first, right? Um, Dave, this. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there, Ralph, real quick. We were talking about this in the pregame. It is not Reuben Mays who had the most yards in Saints history in a single game. It's George Rogers with 206 in 1983 against the Cardinals. Nice! That's That was Bum Phillips. He didn't believe in the forward pass. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and he, had, he had a rotation of Dave Wilson and Kenny Stabler at quarterback. You can't really blame him. Um, Dave, was yesterday as close to a sexual experience that you can have at a football game is because your boy, Mark Ingram, ran for 172 <laughs> yards on 24 carries. Was it the greatest, most I, exciting experience you've ever had at a Saints game? I don't, I don't, I, I you know, I've been to a lot of Saints games um, and seen a lot of wonderful things. I don't know if Mark Ingram going for 173 was the greatest, but you know, it, it's up there. It's just, uh, it, it feels satisfying to see the saints actually do something that you've wanted to see them do for quite a while. 32 uh, passes, 31 run. Uh, run. It's great. It's great for them to have a lot of balance. You know, they always, you know, some of that balance is, is a product of them pulling away at the end of the game and being able to, uh, to run the ball later in the game to kill some clock. So, it's probably in reality, it was probably still a little bit more skewed toward passing than running, but um, it's good to see Peyton at least give a uh, give it the old college try as far as sticking with the running game. I would say that's about as close as you're going to get. And Mark Ingram, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't let him down. I mean, he, he basically said, you know, here you go, man. Kyrie's out and Pierre's out. Uh, you're going to get the touches. It's uh, It's Sunday night. Let's see what you got. Um, and, and Mark Ingram didn't disappoint. And, and I don't think anybody should be surprised after what we've seen um, from him this season, earlier in the season, before he broke his thumb, broke his hand, whatever. Um, really, you know, from this point on, it's just it's just continuing that. I really want to see Peyton continue to do that. You know, m- maybe this was part of the game plan in particular against the Packers. Maybe he said, you know what, um, these guys aren't really that Carolina's good. Carolina's pretty awful against the run, too. Well, I mean, it, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, obviously it has to do with the team you're playing, but in, in, in many senses it really shouldn't have to do with the team you're playing. You, you really should um, just devote yourself to the run regardless and, and wear them down. Uh, and, and when you're able to do those things, then, you know, you can sell the play action and you can open it up for Drew to go deep like he did this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that overall offensive success starts 
um, with a successful running game. And, and when you have the ability to keep the defense honest and they, and they can't just focus solely on stopping Jimmy Graham or covering Kenny Stills or Brandon Cooks or something like that, um, you know, it you you can compare it to the LSU game that I I was at this Saturday. I don't think we should. I don't think I should say that too loudly. Um, but uh, you know that drive, that the game-winning scoring drive uh, that LSU put together in the fourth quarter. It was what twelve straight runs. Um, the only pass in that in that entire series was the was the touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> You know, Les Miles had been running. Now, of course, Les Miles has, you know, two or three pretty darn good college running backs, and he can just keep rotating them in and out and keep pounding away at that at that old Miss defense. But, um, you know, if well, you just keep... Well, that, off, that offensive you, line, too. Yeah. And they, they say that the, the left tackle, Collins, is going to... Like, somebody today I saw on Twitter, us uh, one of the LSU coaches was like, if he's not a top ten, or top five or top ten pick, then... You can kiss my ass. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, you, you may not you may not get you're not going to get 10, 10, 12 yard gains on every running play. But as, as long but, as you just stick with it, it's going to it's going to happen. Well, here's, and you got to keep you got to keep pounding away at that rock. Here, here's a fun question, Andrew, um, for Mark Ingram to get to a thousand yards, he needs to average 74 yards the rest of the year, mm-hmm. 74 yards a game. Can he get to a thousand yards? I was just thinking that. Um, I, I'm gonna say no because I think some of these guys come back healthy and yeah. You know, as much as I liked to see him get that many touches, um, look, these guys. I mean, he, he's already hurt his thumb. Pierre Thomas has been out. Kyrie Robinson's out. So these guys haven't been able to stay healthy, getting ten touches a game. So I, I think you know, start, starting to give him the workload where he's getting twenty, twenty-five. Um, that's not sustainable for his health, um, obviously. So um, I still think the system that the Saints have um, is not really conducive to a guy rushing for a thousand. But you know, if he keeps his current form that he's under, he could get pretty close. I mean, definitely 800, 850. Yeah, uh, Dave, you think he can get to a thousand? Man, you know, everything Andrew said is 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 accurate. You know, you're gonna have guys getting back, getting healthy. You know, they'll they'll wind up going back to spreading the ball around, which you know, I'm not necessarily saying that I would uh, I agree with that, um, but uh, but that's probably what's going to happen. And yeah, you know, I think it'll be a long a long time before you see another thousand yard Saints rusher. I think he, I think I think he can get there because the thing is they've got Carolina twice, they've got Atlanta another time, they've got Pittsburgh who's terrible against the run. I mean. The thing is, you you think, well, will he get 75 every week? Probably not. But I could see another couple games where he gets 100 yards because the, the, they play a lot of crappy run defenses. I I think it's better than 50-50 that he gets it. I think it's no, no way. Sixty. I think like he's not going to get like 1100, but I think he, Andrew, I think it's going to be really really close. I think he's going to put his he's going to get over 900. I think he's going to get to 900. At least. I hope but, you're right. Well, they, uh, Andrew. We'll... Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. 
Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. To Drew Brees, he can't throw deep, he can't throw deep. Uh, that kind of got a little bit quashed against Detroit when he hit Stills, and he hit Brandon Cooks, he hit Kenny Stills, and Brandon Cooks dropped another one, he hit Jimmy Graham for a touchdown. Um, I'm not, we're not going to rehash this, can Drew Brees hit the deep ball, but how much of this, how much does Kenny Stills help? I feel like we might have missed that in the preseason. We're like, ah, oh, Kenny Stills is hurt. He wasn't that big. A, it's not, he's a quad, he'll be fine, it's okay, it's okay. I feel like, may, is that something we missed in the preseason? We're like, that was a really big deal, maybe. I think so. I mean, uh, I think he really filled the role that, uh, I mean, if you remember Lance Moore and what he did for the Saints, that's the kind of the first time this season he, he kind of had a vintage Lance Moore performance just in terms of just making the tough catches. I mean, Lance Moore, if there was one thing that he always did besides running great routes and uh, always finding the soft spot in the zone is just having great hands, making the tough catches. And um, still has really impressed me. I mean, if I, I, he's never really sh- – you know, strike me as a guy that had incredible hands, um, but uh, certainly last night it looked like it. So now all of a sudden you've got him making plays underneath, and Cooks was making some too, um, and uh, those guys can still stretch the defense. So you know they're really starting to become kind of the complete two and threes, um, and that's what starts to open stuff underneath for Colston. So those guys need to make plays. There's no doubt about well, it. Well, Dave, Dave Brandon Cooks had his big breakout game. Um, and I know Saints receivers sort of come and go. It's sort of like whack-a-mole. You know, one week it's – even when they were at their peak, one week it's Colston, then it's Meacham, then it's more. How much are we going to see Brandon Cooks get heavy? I feel like he gets more volume than the other guys. How, how much is this going to be sustained for Brandon Cooks, you think, going forward? Yeah, I mean, he does seem to get a little bit more volume than most of the other guys. Um, I guess I think that's just a product of of his position and, and his uh, his skill set. but. Um, I, I wouldn't expect it to, to, to totally sustain. In other words, um, I would, it wouldn't surprise me at all if in the game Thursday night, you know, you don't see him too much. And instead, you know, Drew goes to stills heavily or, or even Graham, even though he used Graham a little bit, or maybe Colston will get a little bit more work than he did last Sunday. Um, I mean, you just never see any Saints receiver um, get, a whole lot of targets or a whole lot of touches um, 16 straight games through in a season. Um, it just doesn't work that way, which is of course why everybody always says stay away from Saints receivers when you're talking yeah. about fantasy football. So uh, it's just, it's just too unpredictable. So, you know, I mean, at, by the end of the, at the end of the season, I think cooks will probably be up there on the top of the list for, um, you know, targets and catches and maybe even uh, total yardage. But you know, it's not going to be something that he that's, that he gets every every week. You know, it'll, it'll yeah. be here here and there. Yeah, the, Andrew and I, I mean Andrew, sometimes we text back and forth during the day after Saints games, and, and the one thing that's and I adorable. Said, it is, it is. I didn't call him Tots today though, but maybe next week. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed about yeah. that. Um, but the one thing I said when we were texting, I said in my column is the thing that was most exciting to me about everything in the game yesterday was. 2013 Cam Jordan reappeared. Yeah, he's been missed for sure, huh? Yeah. So it's 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 easy to get sacks when nobody blocks you. <laughs> well, I mean, but Andrew, you watched the tape. How much of it was uh, the note was just? Do you think Green Bay's tackles sucking, and how much of it was was Cam Jordan rushing better? Or is that is that just it's, is that something hard to tell? Well, I think it's a combination of both, uh, but I definitely think part of it is just a banged up offensive line and, and lesser talent going up against them. And you know, earlier in the season, you play a you play healthy tackles, and in general, uh, I think he in particular has faced some tough right tackles. Carolina's tackles um, suck. Yeah. So uh, no, and, and injuries play a part. You know, guys yep. get banged up later in the season, and I think the other thing is. Uh, the Saints have just played some pretty good offensive lines, and they played some pretty good schemes and some double teams and that sort of thing. So that's been tough on Cam. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the Saints need him. Look, double teams, whatever. Um, he he needs to find ways to get to the quarterback and help this team because, you know, you really felt like at the end of last year he was the best player on the team and or on on the defensive side of the ball, 
And, you know, that, that helps the team win games. And so obviously if he drops a significant level, your defense just isn't going to be as good. It makes everyone around him better. So that these are the kinds of games that we expect out of him. And if the Saints are going to come anywhere close to being, you know, that top five defense we saw last year, he really needs to continue to play like this. Well, before I get to another question on the on the on the defense, I want to the, the trade deadline in the NFL is tomorrow, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And the Saints have a gaping hole at corner. So there's nothing brewing with the Saints, but the Saints are usually hush-hush about that sort of thing anyway. So, Dave, my question to you is if <clears throat> some random team calls up Mickey Loomis and they say, Mickey, I got a starting corner that's Fred Thomas pre-2005 quality. <laughs> I want a fourth-round pick. Do you do it? Well, I'll play your little fantasy scenario uh, because it's, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a fantasy. I mean, that's not happening. Uh, People make trades. They traded for McKenzie during the year, yeah, way back I, in I the just, day. I just don't see that happening. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think you make the trade. Um, the McKenzie pickup was during the season. Yep. Oh yeah, that was before the Patriots game, right? No, 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 no. He's talking about originally from the Packers. Yeah. Oh, during uh, the year. They they oh, they uh they did the deal the week of the deadline and they signed him to an extension too. Because that was a con- oh, wow. I mean, it was a contract situation where he That's wanted- right. That's right. He was pissed at the Packers for not giving him his money. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't see the Saints doing anything. Um they really haven't under Loomis and yeah. I think the main reason why I say that is the cap situation. I just think any player, any player that's that would want to be traded is probably a guy that's unhappy about his contract situation and wants a new one, and that's just not a situation the Saints can really get into right now. So, yeah, I mean, save like you know, rookie on the last year of his deal. I just don't see the Saints mortgaging a draft pick for a one-year rental uh, when they're three and four. You know, yeah. so I I just don't really see that happening and. You know, for me, the really so if you ask me what what's been the biggest problem with the Saints, obviously we would all probably say the number two corner. But what's been really head scratching and confusing about all this is, you know, so you plug in Patrick Robinson, he's got awful. So then he gets replaced by Corey White, he's got awful. But somewhere in between, you know, you had Patrick Robinson have that game against the Bucks come out of nowhere, and then Corey White yeah. against the Packers just out of nowhere again. It's so these guys, I mean, they're showing us glimpses of capability here. It's not like they're botching it every, each and every single yeah, week. Well, and so, I, to be honest with you, Ralph, right now, I'm not really sure what the Saints have at corner. Well, here's that's a great question, and, and, <laughs> and I, I this is why we one of the reasons we have you on. Besides the fact that you make fun of me for sending you romantic texts, uh, uh, you watch the film. And here's a theory. <laughs> here's the theory that I'm going to throw I at you. <laughs> because uh, Rob Ryan doesn't blitz. He didn't blitz against Green Bay. Here's a theory, Andrew, for you. Corey White and Patrick Robinson are good at being very aggressive. Now, I know it didn't work for uh, for Corey White against Detroit, but he's much better if he can be aggressive. And when they played the two high safeties last night, those corners could be aggressive, going up, making tackles. And that's better for them. It helps them at least achieve mediocrity. So my question to you is, if Rob Ryan continues with this, I'm only going to rush four, maybe occasionally five, and I'm going to play two high safeties, what do teams do to sort of attack that? Well, I think it depends on the quarterback. And for for example, Thursday, I fully expect the Saints to be really aggressive. Um, because oh, really? it's a Yeah, I mean, it's an accuracy thing. I mean, you got to look at it this way. I mean, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's been murdering everyone, and so – I think the game plan was good coming in. I don't think it's so much that Rob Ryan refuses to blitz. I think he was just like, all right, we've got a quarterback that's red hot that's not missing a single throw. So, F it. I'm going to put seven, eight guys in coverage every time, and we might not sack them, and we just have to hope that Cam and and Junior can beat guys one-on-one every once in a while. But otherwise, I'm just going to put all my guys back there. And And it was an effective thing because, yes, they gave up a lot of stuff on an open field, but once the field started to shrink and the windows became smaller in the in the red zone, um, when they had less field to work with, uh, they weren't really able to complete those passes because there were so many guys in coverage. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that was a good game plan against a guy like Aaron Rodgers. With a guy like Cam Newton, 
you want to rattle him because he he's not the kind of guy that sets his feet. He's not the kind of guy that plants and always has perfect mechanics when he throws. And so he, he does a lot of stuff off balance. You know, he'll throw off his back foot. And so if you get pressure on him and kind of force him to do those things, uh, he, he can lose accuracy pretty significantly. And that's where you can get the picks, the turnovers. Yeah. Um, Dave, about this defense – uh, you know, we mentioned Cam Newton playing well. I thought Hawthorne plays well, but what what's a guy that you you sort Cam of watch? Jordan. Cam Jordan. Uh, <laughs> what's a guy that you that you saw last night that you were like, man, he's playing he's playing really good. It's about goddamn time. Um, he, you know, I don't see it like you Mark, guys see Mark it when you're watching it on. <laughs> Mark Ingram. Yeah. Well, you know what they say: the best defense is a good offense. Uh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I wasn't I didn't have the benefit of watching it on TV. And, and of course, I sit so, so low that I don't get a very good aerial or, or, you know, up high perspective. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to see (laughs) to see um, when I'm actually at the game. I mean, again, you know, Cam Cam Jordan is the one that sticks out. I mean, he's he's been just totally non-existent this season. I think he did. He he had one sack prior to this game. Yeah. One prior to this one. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had one. Yeah. So, uh, and I'll start with you, Andrew. How did we feel about the hyper aggressive play calling by both Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy last night? Because they were. Both- I was okay with it. I just didn't. I mean, on fourth and two, I just think running with no fullback, you know, out of a two tight end set, I didn't love that. Um, but otherwise, I thought the play calling was pretty good. I was happy with it. Um, yeah, like Dave said, he he. That's about as much as you're gonna see Sean Payton commit to the run. So, um, you know, I thought it was fine. I, I mean, if I'm thinking of any play call in particular that was a big mistake, I can't really think of one off the top. I mean, of my head. I, what did you guys think of the? Uh, I know it's Green Bay, but what did you think of the onside? The, what did you think of the onside kick or really early by Green Bay? Oh, I, I thought it was a great decision. I mean, I think I think they were looking at it as. Anytime you can steal a possession away from a quarterback like that, and I, I use that interchangeably with Packers and Saints, yeah, uh, that's a huge win. And at that point, they're up. I think they were up a score, and you know they were up. Was it ten seven or fourteen yeah. seven? So you know they kick an onside kick, they get that extra possession, and they go down and score. All of a sudden, the Saints are down two scores. You take the crowd out of it. Uh, you start to have momentum. Um, and so, and that's, that's position, that's a position where we've seen Drew Brees maybe throw a pick after that before. So, um, I mean, that, that to me was a critical turning point in the game, uh, and incredible heads up by Roman Humber to recognize that, find the football and at least kind of get his hands on it to where it bounced out of bounds. Um, so that, that to me was a huge play in the game, incredible heads up from him on special teams. Uh, Dave. The mm-hmm. NFC South it continues to be a crap show. Well, we're gonna find out uh, this Thursday well, how it's, how it's we'll, gonna happen. We'll get to that, but the, all th- the the Atlanta, oh, uh, I love it, Carolina, and oh, Tampa Carolina. all led the game with less than two minutes to go, and all three lost. Oh man, it's like everybody in the NFC South just sucks at holding on to leads, don't we? <laughs> but my question is, has you were vociferous a couple of weeks ago and like? Somebody's getting a nine and seven or ten and six. Have yeah. You, oh, yeah. Have you changed your mind? No, no. I, I, I still think somebody's going to get the ten and six. Oh my god! Come on, Dave. Oh and come gosh. on. And it and it very well may be the Saints, you motherfuckers. You realize uh, that means their margin is they they can only lose twice more. They're going seven and two the rest of the way. Oh, Ooh, that oh, is... ye, oh ye of little faith. I mean, oh, I ye of little faith. Well, Andrew, what do you think the Saints? I I still say after my column today, the Saints ceilings eight and eight. That might no. be all they need. That's, that's all, be all they, they need. need. No, it's I I believe yeah. it. eight and eight. No, I, I think the ceiling is nine and seven. I mean, I, but I say that, and they're going to have to play every game from here on out like they did against the Packers. You know, in other words, they got to keep that same level of performance and consistency and if they can play like that more often than not then i could see them going on a five and three run here maybe six and two um but uh you know yeah i, I just don't see i i have a hard time seeing them i don't not, not lose more games for carolina for carolina to get to nine 
they got they what what are they're three four and one so they gotta go six and two the rest of the way right yeah I just I just don't see it happening no my way there I mean they give up over five yards a rush so I mean I, Dave I think I think you're a couple weeks away from giving up that I just I mean and oh by the way <laughs> Mike Smith is still employed some kind of way I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this guy Smitty I mean I obviously you know. Things can happen, an injury to a key player. I mean, there are game changers. But I think Carolina needs this game Thursday worse no. than the Saints do. We'll, we'll get to that. That's that's my biggest that's my biggest fear is that I think I think the the Carolina, they're gonna play like the Saints played Sunday night. Maybe not as well, but with the same amount of intensity as the Saints had yesterday, where they're just like this is it. This is the yeah. This we're is, awful, and and this is this is the game. This is it. Yeah. So yeah. let's go to Twitter questions. So we'll just uh, fire it out. Uh, this is Alley of Sin, Dave. I'll start with you. Thoughts oh, she's on, a big fan. She is. She and she like breaks down tape and stuff. She's like, what do you think of the 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 the, the, the single high safety? I'm like, whoa. They're... He's Break. awesome. I'm like, I don't do that. I just make jokes. Uh, so 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 Dave, thoughts on fan superstitions? She says, I'm considering wearing one of my Saints shirts that was lucky in 2012, uh, in 2014 every week. So do you have fan superstitions? Uh, oh, I mean, wait, do I have any superstitions? Yeah, what do you I, think? I, or, what I, do you think I really don't actually. And you know what? Yesterday when I went to the game, you know, I had to, wear, I wanted to wear something black, but I didn't want to wear, it was, it was still kind of warm. It's still yesterday. It's it's still been kind of warm here in New Orleans, and so I didn't really want to wear it. Dave, your I mean, level of comfort has nothing to do with superstition. Oh no, no, it does. And I didn't really want to wear an all black jersey and have to walk from the car to the Superdome and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, normally in that situation, I would wear like a Saint, black Saints polo that I have, um, but that wasn't clean. So honestly, I, yesterday I went to the game and I just wore a regular plain black polo shirt, no Saints on it at all. I wore a Saints hat. But that was like the first time that I had ever been to a Saints game and not worn a Saints shirt. Well, you got You realize you have to do that again. Uh, Andrew, are you? Well, I am now. Are you superstitious, Andrew? Do you? Uh, Unbelievably superstitious. Yeah. Um. I. I have my my son do a little routine with me. Um, before my tennis matches, and I'm undefeated when he does it. So I, I try. <laughs> like undefeated, much. like two and zero, or undefeated, like two. No, like I went on a run of, of like nine and zero with him this year, and then I, I and then I played a guy that I was pretty certain I would lose to. So I specifically had him not do it because I didn't want to break the streak. Are you batting That's right, I was. Um, but so with the Saints. Um, my wife made red beans last Sunday. She she's a great cook. I mean, she makes amazing red beans and rice. And um, she must be listening. She 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 did that um, numerous times last season. And whenever she would do it, they would win. Yeah. And she for you know we have two kids now. It's just more hectic. And so uh, we ha- she hasn't been able to do it this season. But last night was the first night they did that she did. And then the Saints played like that. So um, now I'm going to try to get her to do it again every Sunday. And then um, my dad just gave me for my birthday in September a new Saints shirt, and it didn't fit me, so I had to send it back and, and get the right size. And I just got it in time for this game, and I wore that for the first time, and they gave the Saints a win. So they're undefeated with that shirt, so I'm definitely going to ride that until it stops working. Yeah, too. I, I don't really have, I don't really have too many superstitions. I mean, I look I, the I, own coach has directed us to be superstitious. Let's not forget in the playoffs with the pie pies and yeah, Gatorade. Look, yeah. whatever works for you, whatever voodoo, you know, yeah. whatever kind of magic you want to do to to affect the outcome of the game. That, that's what makes this whole thing fun. The one right? thing is I haven't been drinking as much Crown as I usually do because my two my my I had like two fifths of it and I ran out and I just haven't gone to the liquor store to buy more so i've been drinking strawberry covington ale and that's good stuff it is it's really good and jack daniels um so i'm but i'm not i'm not superstitious like i always wear a saint shirt while i'm watching the saints but i always i have like 10 of them so i just change it up um this is from but you um, don't keep you don't keep doing the same one if if it works I guess I can. Uh, I guess I'll break out the same one. Oh yeah, if I if I get a shirt that works, I milk it until it's dry, man. Yeah. So this one is from 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 Reichert. Um, can the number two cornerback can it be upgraded from flaming bag of shit to not very good? 
<laughs> is that is it possible without a trade? I mean, I, I think I think we sort yeah. of saw that this past week. Um, so maybe the answer is always just rush four and leave two high safeties yeah. um, to, to allow these guys to gamble a little bit more. Um, but no, I, I still think that's the main weakness of this team, and it will rear its ugly head without question yeah, at, at is, points in the season. I think it, it I think Robinson and Corey White are good enough that they can occasionally have decent games where they they go you know two three quarters without making a huge mistake. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Saints just don't have a corner that's really consistent at number two. So from time to time, um, you, you know, you're going to want to pull your head, pull your hair out. And I think that's going to happen for the rest of the season, unfortunately. <laughs> Dave, this one's for you from the boat lawyer. If Bobby Abair had a stroke during the point after, how would we know? <laughs> it's kind of mean, but. Um, he gets sure. fired up. I'm just, you know, I, 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 again, every, every day that I listen to sports talk on WWL and I listen to Bobby Bear, I, I just sit there and I, it just baffles me that the man has a job in radio. Uh, it baffles me that the man's whole entire life is based around. Supposed- like Hokey, like like Hokey guys on and Deke Bellevue are that much better. Uh, Hokey's fine. I mean, you know, Hokey's totally fine, and and Deke is that. It's it's the fact that, I mean, Bobby Abear will ask a question or he'll make a point, and it's just like his mind goes off in three different directions, and he never even asks a. It's it's. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I mean, sometimes I listen to him interview somebody, and. He, he starts off asking a question, and he never actually finishes the question, and then he just winds up going – makes a statement. I can and, tell you what and, that and is. By the, and then by the end of it, it's just – I can tell – he's, he's silent, and he's waiting for the player to respond. I can tell you person, I can tell you exactly what that is, Dave. I can tell you exactly what it is because I, I worked with uh, Bobby Bear when him and Kenny had the show to start right after Buddy D died. I can tell you exactly what that is. That's called not preparing for an interview. Because when you prepare for an interview, you have your questions, and you might go you might go off script depending on what they how they answer. But when you don't have any questions prepared, that's when it just goes off the rails really quickly. It's just have it's you guys just, have you guys different. noticed when Sean Payton does the press conferences that he's a lot more patient with Bobby than the others. I have not noticed that. I have. I, I don't. I don't now that you mentioned it, Android, it is true. I mean, he'll just let Bobby kind of rant and make his statement, and, and then just kind of like tolerate it, and then give his answer. Whereas with some of the guys, you know, they'll, they'll talk for like literally five seconds, and he's immediately, "Is there a question somewhere in there?" Yeah. I mean, you you would think he'd be pulling that ripcord with Bobby about two seconds in if he didn't yeah, like. Yeah, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's because Bobby's a former player and he gets a little bit more rope. Yeah, I think so. All right, so this is from this is from Mike Mills. Uh, if the Saints beat Carolina and go on to win the division, how many games do they win the division by? Over under one and a half. Dave, you can go first. Uh, one and a half. That's that's a, that's a lot. Well, but that's just that's a good place to put it because that's right in the in the middle there. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say over. I I just again. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I just I just feel like there's going to be some separation. It's going to it's going to start happening. Andrew, I think if the Saints lose, it, it could easily be neck and neck all the way down to the wire. But um, yeah, I think if the Saints win, I'll I'll pick the over. I think the Saints will end up kind of running away with it. Not that the Saints are going to win every week. You know, I could easily see them going eight and eight. But I just think Carolina Falcons continue to implode. Yeah, I mean, if they if they win this week, they'll be four and four, and and Carolina will be three five and one. So three then, six and one, right? No, three three, uh, three five and one. Oh right, three right, and four. Okay. But right, so right, then right. you just do the math. So let's say the Saints get to four and four, and the Saints go four and four the rest of the way. Carolina to get to eight wins where they'd be three, five, they'd be three, five and one. They'd have to go five and two in their last seven to get to eight, seven and one. That's right. a really, that's a really, really steep climb for Carolina. And if you start getting, well, the saints are going to get to, if the saints go to five and three, I mean, it just, it's Carolina. We'll get to it in a second. They, it, 
they this game is like almost like do or die for them. But uh, the Saints Phoenix Kira sixteen. He says uh, Kevin's not here, uh, but we'll answer anyway. Should should uh, should feed him more chance be started for Ingram or Galette? Wait, wait, what? I don't should, understand should the question. Should we start? Should we start the feed him more chance for oh, either Ingram or Galette, Dave? Oh, oh. Uh, well, what are we feeding Gerlot exactly? I don't know. Quarterbacks? <laughs> Body bags? <laughs> Body bags. I would go with Ingram on that one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, wait, Dave, where are you taking Mark Ingram to celebrate? Commander's uh, <laughs> No. Fish, 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 what is Mark Ingram? <laughs> I'll 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 take him to the LSU Alabama game next weekend. <laughs> this is should we? This is a fantasy league question. Should we trade Brandon Cooks around the league so he always plays Ralph? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I tra- I traded away Drew Brees and Antonio Brown for Matt Ryan, Zach Stacy, and Al- Alshon Jeffrey. When did you do this? I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, I you wanted traded Drew... Antonio Brown. Yeah, I just wanted Drew. I don't... What is wrong with you? I don't know because I cause it's, it's you're the... terrible at fantasy. I'm football. terrible at fantasy. I had Mark Ingram on my bench yesterday. I'm <laughs> fucking terrible at fantasy. <laughs> if am... you were ever gonna start Mark Ingram, ever, if he is on your team and you don't start him when Kyrie Robinson and Pierre Thomas are out, why would you ever start him? Well, you might as well cut him because you're never going to play him. I had, yeah. Well, I felt like if I sat, put him on the bench, that would help the Saints because I'm so terrible at fantasy. Oh, so, speaking of superstition. It is. I'm, I'm really – I traded Drew Brees just to get him off my team. I feel like – I felt like <laughs> if I could get Drew Brees off my team, I could get my fantasy stink off of him. And if I got Matt Ryan, I'd put the fantasy stink on him. So like, far, so good. So yeah, that's really, that's worked really well, I'm actually. Really superstitious about my fantasy team, but yet I run my fantasy team for the benefit of the Saints. Like that's that is my true superstition. So, um, so <laughs> this is from Sean Orleans. Why does Kevin? What a dick. Why does Kevin work on nights when y'all are recording podcasts? Because <laughs> he's a dick and a selfish bastard, and he couldn't even make time to go in the stairwell and smoke a cigarette and eat a power bar and give us 10 minutes. Right. But, I, but he never misses a wrestling practice. No, he never misses. He's intercontinental. But he misses Saints games, that's for sure. Kansas. Well, uh, and this is from Jason, Jason Hershon. When will the Saints ditch the toilet seat collar on their uniforms and go back to the pre-2012? Yeah, what is with that? Whenever I, 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 I got to agree with I got to agree with him there. I, I kind of hate the collar. Oh, I hate I, I agree with you guys as well. I mean, it's stupid. I, I always thought of it more as. It's like a, a vampire Dracula thing, not a, not a toilet seat, but but either way, uh, that's probably not going anywhere as long as Nike's still making the uniforms. I I wonder who the guy is that made the judgment call. Yeah. On that. Like if you, if you go all the way down the line, I'd love to know the guy that made the decision. All right, we're going for this, and what was he? I don't. What was going through his mind? Well. All right, here's another fantasy question, and then we got one more, and then we'll get to the Carolina game. Which is more likely, Saints win the Super Bowl or Ralph wins his fantasy league? The Saints are much more likely win the Super Bowl. My fantasy team. It, it's more likely that the Jags win the Super Bowl. My combined fantasy <laughs> record is 4-12 and 12 in the two leagues that I'm in. Oh, my God, you're terrible. I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> I am. This is in a league, mind you, where Ralph was bragging about picking up Tom Brady off, off the waiver wire. Look, I, I don't care. Like, if you're in a fantasy football league where Tom Brady becomes available, you should stop playing in that league. Well, the thing is, in the in the chronic podcast league, it was only twenty dollars to play. So people do some. I mean, I've I've approved like about six. Like, people do crazy shit as far as trades. Like, I think Held's done like three trades, and like I think there's been seven total trades. And I'm not talking like one guy for one guy. I'm talking like three and four player swaps each way. Like people are just people just get fucking nuts. It's, that is it's weird. I, I, I gotta one say one trade a year in my league. I gotta say I made a, a blunder this week that I have never ever done in over a decade of playing fantasy football. But um, you know, I, it's been a busy week and I never checked my lineup. And oh, I always, boy. you know, I I almost never wait till Sunday, but I just happen to wait till Sunday. And uh, so I get up at like 
you know, I get up at like eight and, uh, you know, playing with the kids and it's like, it's like nine thirty one. And I realized that the fucking Falcons and Lions are playing in England at 930. So I'm like, shit. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, I've got till one. I've got plenty of time. And uh, so I, ch- I check and Reggie Bush, sure enough, is on my team. Doubtful. Doesn't play. For the first time ever in over a decade, I started a guy who literally did not play in the game. I do that like once a year. Uh, it's Jeff, the worst. It's the worst. Jeff, Jeff Danko. Hey, Dave, you can go first with this one. Uh, why is Robert Meacham on the team? Is he a ghost for Halloween? <laughs> Rob, you know, Meacham was non-existent last night, but uh, he, he's been targeted quite a few times uh, with no earlier success. this season. Yeah, what? I mean, with little success. What but, is the uh, point, Andrew, what is the point of Joe Morgan and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, a good question. What is the, well, what is the point no, of... Well, no, I, I mean, look... They've got to make a decision. I mean, you're, we've got a 53-man roster here. You've got two guys in Brandon Coleman and Shontavious Jones who are on the practice squad. So if you start getting these rash of injuries at receiver, you can always call one of those guys up. But there, what is the point in having two guys sit on your inactive list every single week? It's like Just they, keep one of them. If Joe Morgan's ahead in the por- they're, pecking they're, order, they're, let's get like, rid of Nick Toon. Nick, it's done. The story with Nick Toon, it's over. He needs to go. Like I, I'm done with the guy. He's never going to amount to anything. With Joe the Morgan, can we I feel all agree like with they're that? scared. Nick Toon's never going to amount to anything. I think Joe Morgan, like there's, they, they, apparently he's not good enough to play. But I think they're scared to let him leave because I think I'm I, fine with the fifth receiver that's inactive. I have no problem with that. Yeah. My problem sure. is that they're carrying six when you could have a guy that's on special teams that occasionally plays or that does something to help the team. Nick Toon is useless. Dave, your thoughts? I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand. I don't remember Joe Morgan or Nick Toon playing particularly bad, you know, like where it was. I just I never saw anything to me that warranted them being inactive all the time. I mean, that's what I don't understand. I mean, I I know that. you. Well, I mean, they only keep they only keep four receivers active. No, I I think the the real question is, why is Meacham still playing over these guys? Yeah, I mean that exactly. I mean that, that that's that's part of what I don't what I don't understand. Um, but, I mean, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm surprised that Meacham is still playing over Morgan. I mean, Tune I mean, at this point, I, I'm done with Tune, but I, I'm surprised Morgan hasn't gotten to the number four well, slot. Here, and I mean, Morgan, you remember? I mean, I think that first season during training camp, Morgan was was returning punt. Punts. He made the team. Yeah. He ran a punt back. Yeah, so I mean, why isn't he active and why don't they give him a chance to return kicks every now and then? I don't know uh, if his knee can handle punt returns yet. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, what, Andrew, this is for you. It's not really a question. It's from Breeziest. He says, tell mm-hmm. Juge I said hello. No, no, it wasn't a question. He said, tell Juge I said hello? Yeah. <laughs> this is from, Hi. Over I'm under. Over under on Falcon wins four, Dave. Aren't they at four now? They're at mm. two. Oh, they only have two. That's a shame. Uh, I'll go over. <laughs> they play Tampa Bay again, don't they? Yeah. Dave, <laughs> there's one. Andrew, you think over? Uh, I Here. think I I think they will. I think they'll win five. I'll go with the over. Yeah. I, but uh, not not a single one more than that. I'm going the <laughs> under. They're bad. They're bad. I mean, they, you're going under four, going so you're saying four. they only win one more. They're only gonna win one more. Like they're wow. fucking te- they fucking terrible. They blew a 21 point lead. They're never they're never winning again. They're uh, gonna be they're gonna be Tampa for sure. That's a gimme. All right. Um, and I'm still I'm still holding out hope they might uh sneak one in against the Panthers. God, how bad does it make you feel that they beat the Saints? That one of those two wins is <laughs> against us. I know, right? <laughs> for some reason, I mean, as awful as that was. For some reason, the Lions' loss just hurts so much more. Oh yeah, yeah no, totally. The Lion, I, I, the Lions' loss hurts more because just the Saints, it, Atlanta, they were up 13, but the lead went away quickly in the because Atlanta scored right before the half and got the ball and it got to be 2017 and then it was back and forth the whole way. Like, you know, it it hurts, but the, the Detroit game they were winning by 13 with four minutes to go for Christ's sake. All right, let's get to Carolina. Uh, I'm gonna start by saying I'm gonna be in. Uh, California on Thursday. I may or may not be able to watch the game. It's a dicey situation. I, I may be at an Indian. I hopefully I'll be at an Indian casino in Palm Springs. That's uh, a problem. That's a problem. So I'm and when Whoa. when I don't watch Saints games, like weird shit happens. 
Like oh the last, God! The, oh dear God! Here's 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 the last couple. The day times. before Halloween, I'm scared. The the the, the, la, the I'm trying to think of the last time I I couldn't watch the Saints game was when in 2000 I think it was 10 when Pierre Thomas caught the winning touchdown like with five seconds left. It was a storm at my house and I didn't get to watch the whole fourth quarter. So that was one. The the Reggie Bush game when he ran both punts back against Minnesota. My Wait, second, so it's that a, was, so it's so it's a good thing if you miss the it game. Could be, but uh. It, uh it could, it can be uh, the the Tampa game. The the last Saints game that I didn't watch a single play was the Tampa game in 06. Uh, which when, one? When Reggie ran the punt back. Oh yeah, that was his first. Oh, the game winner. Yeah, and that yeah. was like pre. That was pre like all this stuff. So I was just having people like I had a friend of mine. He was just texting me updates. Oh I can't believe that, that, you you miss Saints games. I I literally can't think of a single game since like '91 that I've missed. I mean, I missed like, but I say like portions of games, like the Minnesota game and the and the Carolina game. Like, but you have DirecTV. If it storms, you get fucked. Okay. And it well, used to be hell, why would you have to be terrible? You know, now I, I have DirecTV because if I don't, then I can't watch the Saints. That's me too. So. Yeah. So like, but I mean, DirecTV is better now, Andrew. But it was like I would say up until like about two years ago, like if it drizzled you weren't getting shit yeah i mean I, whatever it takes man if i gotta drive somewhere to oh watch and it, oh the, the, the oh another Saints game. the saints atlanta game from 08 the power transformer in my neighborhood blew out and i didn't have power <laughs> those that one in the tampa game is the last saints game where i didn't see a single play so it could get we it get really weird against carolina but what happened in that 08 game I fully expect it to get really weird. They got hammered in that, in oh. that I think, in that. Uh, well, that Vikings game that you mentioned, they lost that one too yeah. in overtime. Yeah, but I mean, so Ralph, you better find a way to watch I'm this. Sure, I gotta find a way. I uh, the thing is, it is is there a way to watch on your phone? Not that I know of. Because like, if it was just a regular Sunday Football game, on I, your I, phone, I, on your phone. I have it. If it was because I got, I can have the direct direct TV on my phone. I can have the Sunday ticket, but I, but the Thursday night game not. So we'll do some research, Ralph. Figure this, you need to watch this computer. game. I know. So Dave, let's start with you. This, this, I feel like Dave that this is Carolina's got to win this fucking game, and they are gonna go balls out. Like oh, they might not play, they might not play as well Thursday the rest of the year. But they're going to go balls out against the Saints on Thursday because they cannot go to 3-5-1. and one. Balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, okay. your, thoughts on the, your thoughts on the Carolina game? Um, you know, I mean, I agree with you, Ralph. I'm sure that, I'm sure that they're viewing this game as, as uber important. But, I, you know, there's two teams playing the game, and I think the Saints feel the same way. I mean, I think you're talking about these are the two teams that are going to be uh, pretty much vying it out for. Let me ask you, Dave. What do you think the line is going to be of the Car- What do you think the line is on the Saints Carolina game? I mean, I I'm can answer, I can answer that question. Have you yeah, seen I mean, it? Have you seen yes. It? Well, I'm get this. My guess, my wait, my guess would be, you know, usually the home team gets three points, and my guess is that after the Green Bay, my guess is Saints by one. Ooh, that's we'll, we'll, we'll get get this. Carolina was it was Carolina by two early this morning, <laughs> and and it's been flipped at the end of the day to Saints by one. That's so you oh, are you no. are correct, Dave. But I have never seen a point spread flip three points that's in bad. one day. But that worries me, Andrew, because Vegas that means people are pounding the Saints. Pan people are pounding the Saints, and and Vegas doesn't lose money. So it's like people were eighty percent of the wagers on yesterday last night's game went on Green Bay, but Green Bay is a public team, so that's a little bit different. But I mean, that's concerning when the people are. Pa- I mean, that that's right. They did, Saints are up to a point and a half favorite, and it's probably going to go. They, I mean, Andrew, it's probably going to go higher. Like because the Saints, yep. even if they're struggling, like they have certain teams that the that the public just likes to bet on. It's the Patriots. The Broncos, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Saints are still one of those teams. Green Bay, and I think that I think the line by by Thursday, I think it might get to two, two and a half in favor yeah. of the Saints. Like that's the same. But Dave, uh, are we going to laugh at Roman Harper? Or are we going to be bitching and complaining that he defeated the Saints? Uh, I think somewhere in between. I I, I think that uh, I don't think we'll be laughing at him, but I don't think he's going to 
you know, be an integral part of the Panthers beating the Saints, you know. But I, I think we might see something where we'll say, yeah, maybe we'll throw him a little bit of respect his way. Uh, are you going to mute your TV because Phil Sims and Jim Nance are intolerable? I don't mind. Do people? Well, you really, you're, you really nailed that word, Ralph. I did. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily. I don't really have a problem with Phil Sims. Oh, I Nance. fucking hate Phil Sims. Really? I do. I just fuck. I'll tell you what. Collinsworth is is, is probably my favorite, and I rewatched just part of the Saints game last night after I got home, and Collinsworth nailed it when the bomb. Yeah, when he was like, like, oh, I think you're going to see the next play. He nailed it to Brandon Cooks. I was like, I mean, and I've seen Collinsworth make similar predictions. Yeah. Very he, Collinsworth, I, I'll tell you what, out of all the play-by-play guys, I think Collinsworth knows his shit more than any of the other I, guys. I like Collinsworth, too, and the reason why I like Collinsworth is, is I feel like more so than – the only person that I would think watches more film than him is Gruden. Like, I, I feel like – I watch more, and I've said this before on the podcast. I feel like there's talking heads on the pregame shows that I watch more NFL games. Like I feel like I watch more games than Mike Ditka. I I would bet a week's pay on it <laughs> that I watch because I watch about 75% of the games in the little 30-minute recap on Directv. I would bet a week's pay that I watch. I watch. I've seen more NFL games this year than Mike Ditka. So so Dave, give me a prediction of the game and. Who are we going to be talking about next Monday? Hmm. Um, prediction. I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with 27-24 Saints. And uh, I think we'll be talking about. I think we'll be talking about Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham is going to have another one of those. Of his monster games, 100 plus yards, two touchdowns. He's back. All right, Andrew. Yeah, Dave kind of stole my thunder there with the uh, the points. Um, I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say 27-23. Uh, so I'm a point off, but I'm gonna stick with that. So Saints win 27-23. I think the game plan is gonna be very simple uh, for the Saints on offense. It's identify where Roman Harper is on the field and throw <laughs> to the guy he's covering. Yeah. Every single play. Do you think, Andrew? Do you think Carolina is going to? What are they going to do? Are they going to sell out? Like against Seattle, me and Andrew were talking before the podcast. They really try to sell out to stuff that Seattle run, and they didn't really do a good job of it. So, what are they going to try to take away from the Saints? Do you think they're going? Oh, well, I think to- without Greg Hardy, they're like we've got to get it breeze somehow, and I think they're just going to blitz like crazy. I could be wrong, but I, I just feel like they're going to they're going to try to get in Breeze's face and, and sack him and get some pressure on him because without Hardy, if he gets too much time, he'll torch him. Well, we'll so see. That, but, uh, yeah, so my player of the game is Roman Harper, not, <laughs> not for good reasons. I, as people have emailed me relentlessly today and on Twitter mentioned, in my Saints column for WWL, picking the Saints just straight up the Saints game, I am now 1-6 and six on the year. The only Saints game that I've gotten correct is I picked them to beat Minnesota, uh, and I didn't even get that right against the spread. Against the spread, I think I'm now four and three with the Saints. Um, but did did you pick Tampa to beat the Saints? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so um, I picked Green Bay this. I picked Green Bay this week too. Um, so, but here's the thing. So I know know that I'm really bad at picking games. I just think Carolina's got to win this fucking game. It's Thursday night. The Saints struggled last year to beat Atlanta coming off a short week. They barely won like 17-30. I think the game's going to be 30-16 to Carolina. It's going to be close, but Drew Brees is going to make a fuck up late because Carolina's going to blitz them, and it's going to end up being 30-16. to I just – and I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be. People make it out to be a big, huge. Win. I don't think it's a death blow for the Saints if Carolina gets to four, four and one, and the Saints are three and five. It's still a long way from decided. But I just, I just don't see Carolina losing this game because if Carolina loses this game, the Saints are in. I would say if the Saints win this game, their odds to win the South will be like five to three or four to two. Like it, it becomes, it becomes. Really, really strong Saints win. What's the next opponent after this? 
It's a home game, right? Since then they play three straight home games. They play San Francisco, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope they can run the table there, hopefully. I mean, I think that's a the, the only the only games that I think the Saints defense will have really really a lot of issues are Pittsburgh and Chicago maybe, but they're a dumpster fire. They may be done by the time the Saints get there, and and Baltimore could give them trouble. But I think the rest of their schedule, it's going to be a lot of coin flips, but there's nothing – there's nothing. Andrew, put it this way. There's nothing as scary as Aaron Rodgers was yesterday. Yeah. So, But I'm going to say 30-16 to 16 Carolina, um, and I'm – like this is the worst year in my column of picking games. Like my record is like not even 400% correct. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're picking Carolina. Man. I'm uh, I'm a I'm a terrible picker. So, uh, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave's got a ton of stuff. He's got threads all over. I like I like hopping in the thread because people get a people get a, either real excited or they get really mad during the game. Now we got to tell everybody uh, tomorrow night on ESPN at seven oh! o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Seven e- o'clock New Orleans time. Eight e- o'clock Eastern. E60. Uh, e- E60 is doing a whole thing on Rob Ryan. That's supposed to be pretty damn epic. Yeah. Um, so make sure you're watching yeah, that. DVR that. Um, and you go to go to. Yeah. Saint- by the way, Rob, you're never allowed to cut your hair again. No. <laughs> never, ever again. And then and hashtag save Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Before we go to Saints Nation, because Andrew's got his grades. He totally cheated Drew Brees. His grade is outrageous for Drew Brees, but you need to go there. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you need to go to Saints Nation and click it and then make a horrible, nasty comment about Andrew and his poor grading of Drew Brees. Um, we need to start a Kickstarter to have a banner fly downtown Atlanta, save Mike Smith. <laughs> we, need, they, we need this to happen. I have enjoyed the Mike Smith era thoroughly. The man makes horrible decisions on fourth down. He is extraordinarily mediocre and I will miss him. I will cry when Atlanta fires him. I will shed a tear. They need to keep him. They need to give him at least one more year. Does anybody disagree? I agree, no, but I uh, you, you never know, man. It could be worse. They could, oh man, they could My, my fear with Atlanta is they fire Mike Smith and they hire Harbaugh because San Francisco gets rid of him. I mean, I was worried about Lovey Smith and Tampa. I was worried about that hire and, you know, who knows? This is just the first year, but uh, yeah, that that that's arguably been even worse than Shiano, at least in year one. So it, yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty pretty bad. So we're we're looking at the third rebuilding project for Atlanta since Sean Payton, because hmm. they had Bobby Petrino. He was there for that was that was a dumpster. That fight. was the best. They need to bring him yeah. back. Um, uh, so. But we we might have to start a Kickstarter. I wonder how much it costs to fly a plane banner in downtown Atlanta. Maybe as they... long as this doesn't take away from the Kickstarter that sends me to the Greenbrier next year. No, we need to get on that too. And you need to, people. You need to donate. Uh, go to the donate whatever you can. We need the money to pay for our fees next year and uh, Kevin's horse steroids for wrestling. And I promise to have the Android app available. Uh, now make sure you keep some money in reserves for that uh, liver transplant, Ralph. I do. I'm, well, you know, I didn't drink. I drank. Uh, I drank heavy for LSU, Ole Miss. I did not drink. I did not need to drink that heavy for Saints Green Bay. But I was drinking heavy for LSU. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was, uh, it was a magical weekend. It was. It was the. It was by far the best weekend of the year. And the thing is, in two weeks we get LSU. At night against Alabama, plus more Saints games. So, I mean, the Saints are going to be. Would you, would you guys agree with this? And then we'll get out of here. Would you guys agree that the Saints are good because they won yesterday? They're going to be in contention in the South, whatever that is. Whether it's seven wins, eight wins, they're they're going to be in contention until the the bitter end for the South. Yes. Worst case. Scenario. I agree. Uh, Wholeheartedly. I, I still think they've got to win. Well, no, not that not that they'll you know, definitely you know. win, Andrew. But they're not gonna they're not gonna slide back and be like five six wins. They're they're gonna yeah. They're gonna no, be I agree. I agree. Win. I agree. Yes. Into, like, but like you know, like if they had lost, I feel, I feel like the the confidence of they never lose at home is creeping back. You know, yeah. like I I think for a second there with the Packers coming in, they're like, okay, here comes the death blow of this streak. 
um, that's going to be gone forever up in smoke with the season. Uh, but now that they've beaten the Packers, I think there's that sense again that, hey, even if they go 0-8 on the road this year, uh, they might still end up 8-8. Eight eight. I don't I... – I think the, the 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 home winning streak when it ends, it won't be to a team like Green Bay. It'll be to some shit garbage truck team where you'll be like, God, I can't believe the winning streak ended to them. That's my prediction. But anyway, go to Canal Street Chronicles, go to Saints Nation, uh, and uh, email me ways to watch the game on my phone. If not an Indian casino, I might have to just get Twitter updates, and that would be very sad. So for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's working, quote-unquote, I'm Ralph Marco. Until next week, be well. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.